with that, we welcome you to another edition of the Northland Sports Page. Happy Saturday, everybody. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. We are letting the good times roll. Dare I say it was a good time to be a Minnesota sports fan, at least for a night. The Minnesota Twins have now beaten the New York Yankees twice in a row. The Minnesota Wild are playoff bound. Norm Green still sucks will be a theme for at least the next week. The Minnesota Timberwolves played their way into the postseason as well. We are keeping it light here on the Northland Sports page. We are smiling about sports. We had a pleasant conversation, Dave Cook, on the way to the studio today because our teams are winning. Savor the moment. Write this down. April 15th, 10.02 a.m. It's been a good time to cheer for Minnesota sports for now. Oh, 100% agree. It, and it's funny because you laugh at me because I listen to some uh, people on the radio who might be negative. And uh, even the negative. Yeah, because that's what we need is a little more even, of that. Even the negative people were positive over last night. Right. So, I mean, whether or not you were a Timberwolves fan or a Twins fan or, you know, whomever, a Wild fan, if you think that Dallas is the better. Okay, my microphone keeps moving down, Brian. I was going to say, yours has a mind <laughs> of its own. And mine, you know, for the height differential that we have, you need the higher microphone. I need the lower one. It's going in opposite directions today. I told you, I have to sit up a lot taller than I'm used to, although my chiropractor might appreciate that because I didn't necessarily get a great report going there yesterday. But again, that was the downfall of my day. Minnesota sports was the uplift. Imagine talking, though, and you're standing straight up and you have to continue to bend down because it's moving right. and you're not doing anything It redefines it. fading a little yes, bit. Yes, 100%. But Minnesota sports teams in the clutch did not fade last night. No, they looked really good. I mean, uh, the fun one, we'll talk about Timberwolves as time goes on, but the Twins team, how about two in a row in Yankee Stadium and, and, and actually looking like... It wasn't a one-off, oh, wow, that right. was a fantastic hit, but it was tough at bats and good defense and a good bullpen, and and the the kids coming through. Varlin could have given up 20 yesterday, right. and he gave up two and then buckled down. And, and what about Julia? Like, he looks the feel, part. Feel we'll free see. to come up. Right? I was going to say, we'll see, but he looks the part. Yeah. But again, it is two in a row, and I love your synopsis of last night because to me, that's the more impressive victory. You put nine up in an inning, even in Yankee Stadium, even in the first, you should win. That was Thursday. Last night, they were down late, but hanging around. And you kind of thought, well, this will be one of those gut-wrenching losses, but hey, they competed. And I hate saying that because it's a moral victory. They went and got it when it counted. Well, and I know it's only one game, right? Right. But for all those people that said, well, Carlos Correa, blah, 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 blah. You know the reason they won last night? Carlos Correa. Yeah, because Carlos Correa is the one that came out and grabbed Louis Varlin by the by the scruff and said stop. And then he's also the one that came out to um, uh, Duran and said, you know, these folks in New York don't think you're a closer worth a dang. Right. Over. <laughs> Although, I'll say this. Lots of people called it the Carlos Correa signature moment. And so far in his Twins tenure, it probably is. You mean game nine? In but if season? it is, exactly. That's where I'm going. <laughs> if this is the Carlos Correa signature moment, there's nothing more Minnesota, and you know I love that as an adjective, yep. than that to get super stoked in the middle of April with 148 games to go. I don't think you have to be super stoked to be impressed. But you know me. I'm going yeah, to be because true. I love the Twins. That's true. But I, I think that you can be impressed with what he did on the field and point to that and say, that's what we got him here for, and now we've seen what it is we want. Right. Do you know what I mean? Here's the proof that we're not super stoked, because it's very possible that the Twins could lose today and tomorrow. You know, today they've got Tyler Malley, who hasn't been very good for them. Yep. Sunday they've got to go against Garrett Cole, who's been super good forever. So they could easily go 2-2 two and two in this series. Pittsburgh Pirates. And a split is shrug your shoulders, right? Yeah. But a split in New York for this franchise that is expectations already met. There's nothing more Minnesota than that. Hey, we guaranteed a split. Yeah, especially. But if we're not embarrassing in the two games, if they're tight games, that's a 
different kind of ball team. Right. Like we would have that at eleven nothing game or eleven one game or whatever it was. That's usually the opposite. Well, and the crazy part is again, it's the hex of New York that just kind of hangs over because when they did get up, you know, eleven to nothing or whatever the case was, or even when it was nine nothing after one. You know, the biggest part was Joe Ryan went out and got done with the first inning in eight pitches. And yes, I see your microphone sinking by the moment. But at the same time, it was the fact that Joe Ryan had an eight pitch inning that followed. That was huge because I even texted a buddy of mine. Hey, we're okay because we got 26 outs to go, 25 outs to go, 24 outs to go, 23 outs to go, so on and so forth. That's life when you're a Twins fan and you're facing the Yankees. Every out matters a lot. I don't care how early or late it is in a season. Meanwhile, to go back to the Timberwolves, because they were one after the other last night, it was a fun night to just watch sports for me. But the Timberwolves, season on the line, they had one of their best performances before it was too late. That might have been Cat's best game ever. Now, I know he's scored more points, and he's had games that he's rebounded more, but he had important shots, he made great assists, right. and he had two fouls. Normally in games like this, Cat's out of the game with fouls with four minutes left in a game. And, and he just like he was on Tuesday, if essentially, he, if he does that in the Denver series, if the foul bit, as long as he's somewhat aggressive and just doesn't lay back, that cat wins. Yeah, I'll agree with you that it was a clutch quality performance. The only reason that I shrugged it off is because the lollipop guild is essentially what the Oklahoma City Thunder front line looks like. And the Timberwolves are a big team. They'll tell you that. Well, I'll tell you what, if you have that kind of size mismatch, you either have to utilize it or they're going to outrun you. Yeah. And the Timberwolves, to their credit, utilized it. Now, Gobert and was... And didn't let them outrun them. Right. Now, Gobert was good. Towns was good. Walker Alexander was probably the biggest difference, or Alexander yep. Walker, or you can Which play way? both ways. Yeah. Because Alexander Walker is the Timberwolf, and then you've got Gilgis Alexander, however you say that, the guy that got Jordan-esque calls in the third quarter... You know, it was an interesting wasn't, family dynamic. They went for it. Wasn't that the Smurf guy that had the bad guy who had the cat? Wasn't that Gilgamesh or Gilgamore or whatever his name was? Gargamel. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Gargamel and his cat, Azrael. Yeah. See, Thank you, you for better. reintroducing my childhood fears. I think I was afraid of him during Saturday morning cartoons. And now I look a little too much like Gargamel, but I digress. Anyway, I think that, I think that the Wolves hopefully felt something different last night and realized that that combination of getting to the basket regardless kind of what you said you know they didn't they didn't settle they just kept jamming the ball down the throats of right. uh, Oklahoma City to where Oklahoma City was on their heels and Denver's really good right don't get me wrong right they're the top seed for a reason but their last month of the season was sub 500 7 and, and 10 and if the wolves play that okay bully, little bit of bully ball that they play right. they got a shot i think they do Go ahead and say it. They have a puncher's chance. Yeah. I know you wanted to use that for the Timberwolves, didn't you? 100%. After what we saw a couple weekends ago yeah, or with, last weekend, however long with, ago it was. Uh, yeah, with Rudy throwing throwing haymakers or or slaps to the shoulder, whatever you want to call well, what he did. Tell the masses what you told me when I said Gobert was good last night. You said, well, you know, boxers, a couple days later, they still have that adrenaline going. Right, they get that adrenaline back. Yeah, 100%. Hey, did you know that we have a new sponsor today? We do. I want to pay homage to all of them, but let's start with the uh, newest member of our sponsorship family. Yeah, now I can, I can start out this just as it's written here for me okay dear brian <laughs> guess what kraus anderson heating uh, kraus heating and say kraus cooling, anderson is completely right, different 
but but I work with them regularly. Sorry. Okay. Kraus Heating and Cooling Endorsement. Guess what? Kraus Heating and Cooling is with your show. They are family owned since 1982. For all of your heating and air conditioning needs, they they have carrier HVAC equipment. They are a factory authorized dealer and carriers the number one brand in the industry. And you, Brian, can get that at Kraus Heating and Cooling. Thank you very much for sponsoring the show. Absolutely. Shout out to Bill Kraus. What a perfect week to have them join the show because Kraus Heating and Cooling, they do a great job. And they put my furnace in back a couple of years back. One of the first things we had to replace as new homeowners was putting that in. But this week in particular, you and I obviously, and every Duluthian I think does it, talks about the weather. This was the kind of week where early on you could have used the cooling and lately you could have used the heating. Welcome to Duluth in one week in April. Well, and, and you know, uh, we need at the house, we need the air conditioner slash uh, air exchanger because we have the pipe heating. We don't have the airflow heating and uh, the humidity gets kind of crazy at times. And so it, in Duluth, like you said, when the weather is so goofy all the time, you know, having a professional with the carrier brand uh, be able to help and you control what the climate is inside of your house is a big deal. Absolutely. So again, welcome to Krause as part of our sponsorship family. That family also exists because of the fine folks that you're about to name right now. Absolutely. Let's start with uh, the new one from last week, and that's the Construct Tomorrow Evening event uh, that you're hearing about on on all of the stations here at Town Square. Um, If you are interested in the career in trades, but you've never really been sure how to get into it, uh, the Construct Tomorrow Evening event on the 26th starts at 4.30. Uh, you get a chance to put hands on on all the different trades. I mean, right. it's not just a job fair, right? right. You can go build a wall if you Far want to from go build it, a wall. It's a uh, kind of a how would you call that a dexterity driven fair? Yeah, it's almost a try before you buy. Yeah. You know, in a small in a small scale. Plus, all the contractors will be there to talk about how you get hired. So, and it's I mean, a hands on stop, but it's not a break it you bought it type thing, is right. it? In fact, many of them will tell you go ahead and break it okay, because cool. that's what we need to learn. Um, also, we have the Incline Station, famous Dave's. Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Kohler Hyundai and Kohler Toyota. Aaron and I were on the Kohler website for about well, well, three hours the other night trying to figure out how we can get this done. Mount Royal Bottle Shop, the Blackwoods Group, Avenue 45, Justin May at Messina & Associates. We'll talk to him a little bit. We will. Advantage Element Screen Printing, Sammy's Pizza, OAR Holdings, Hoops Brewing, and Arola Architecture Studio. Again, so very grateful for each of those sponsors. We are the Northland Sports Page. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook, we're here with you till noon. We are keeping things very light because of the winning that Minnesota Pro Sports has been doing lately. And I'll tell you what, a couple other things are a little bit lighter. Hopefully my overall physique, because I did start a diet on Monday, I can't say it's going well or going poorly yet. And unfortunately, the other thing that is much lighter for me is my wallet, because normally April 15th would be tax day. Because it's a Saturday, you got a little extra time, but I paid my debt to society a little bit early, and if you don't do it soon, you're going to be a little bit late. I'm not going to talk to you about taxes, because I'll just cringe and probably stop talking, but the word late resonated with us. Yeah, right? I mean, we've we've talked about it in all of our sports forever, and that's, okay, we got this guy, but man alive, can you imagine if we'd had him prior to this, if we'd had him in his prime or when he was valuable, right. and now we've got the ghost of... We got them a little bit late. Absolutely. So again, we did our public service reminding folks that if you haven't done it, hurry up and file those taxes. You're up against the deadline. And then there are penalties applied, obviously, if you don't get it done on time. Now, that begs the question, and that's what we're going to tackle today as a fun opening topic. Did the Minnesota pro sports franchises penalize themselves by grabbing a certain player too late in their career? 
as in they were good, and then they came here. Because I wanted to clarify that because it doesn't always mean old. Because the easy part of saying too late is, while they were past their prime, they were pushing 40, whatever it was. It wasn't necessarily that second part. The age doesn't have to be up there, but past their prime because their prime might have been a blink. It's a little bit opposite of what Chris Carter was, right? We got Chris Carter right as he was straightening himself out and and not even quite right. in his prime yet. If you wanted to make this Chris, is the opposite. Right. If you wanted to make Chris Carter the selection, it would have to be Miami Dolphins radio. They Correct. got him after the fact. Yep, hundred percent. So that's kind of what we're that's kind of what we're talking about is is pulling a Miami Dolphins in that case and getting a player you know, too late. And again, not age. It could be any reason. Right. But um, it was yeah. basically an established name. And I told you, I'm a big fan of the movie Major League. It always reminds me of the Roger Dorn theory, where they talk about his glowing resume. And they say, well, I wish we had him two years ago. And they go, we did. And they say, well, four <laughs> years ago then. That's kind of what we're after here. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the most fun that we've had in this conversation, because I think it's the low-hanging fruit, is a Timberwolves. So let's we can just get started there. Well, it's the low-hanging fruit, but there's so many fruit to be right. had here because... Yep. We started talking about this, and it kind of became, well, how about every veteran they ever tried not named Cassell and Sprewell? Because the MV3 part was fun. But I rattled off, Luke Ridenauer used to be good. I joked about, can we include Christian Leitner? Because we didn't have him too late in his NBA career. We just wish we'd gotten the Duke version of Christian Leitner. We didn't. I said, is Ricky Davis too late? Because he was an established name. And he did okay here, but he didn't defend at all. We knew that, but we certainly got less of him than other teams did. Yeah, and again, we're kind of the opposite of Chauncey Billups, right? right. We're the ones where he turned and around. And the opposite of current Mike Conley. Yeah, 100%. So uh, the one that came to mind first, because we got a sprinkle of who he was before we got him, is Derrick Rose. Yeah, right. We that's, got Derrick that's Rose. the best one, I think, because he was a huge name in yep. college and professional basketball. Until he came to Minnesota. Well, he was broken, right? And yeah. so he came to Minnesota and, you know, he had the one monster game and he had some games where he was super important. Uh, but shoot, we could have used the guy two years earlier. My goodness gracious. But the one that came to mind while we were starting the show, the reason that I was like, oh my gosh, Terry Porter. Yeah. Like Terry Porter, when he came here, was Although good. he was a good presence he, because he was so early yeah. in How who many we times were, we had that. We needed that guy for different reasons. We didn't need Clyde Drexler's Robin in Terry Porter. We needed a veteran presence that understood the game. So I don't think Terry Porter was, yeah, it was too late because you weren't going to get prime Terry Porter, but I guess the way I look at this topic was it was too late. So we got a bad version. I'm not sure we got a bad version of Terry Porter. It made me laugh a little bit because what I was thinking about when, when you said uh, getting guys, uh, I was thinking about when you said Leitner, I was thinking about anybody that drafts drew Timmy from Gonzaga because like he's might be, be the second coming of Christian Leitner. Absolutely, somebody's going to say, "Oh, how good he was in in Gonzaga." Now we got him. Well, he's twenty seven. He's halfway past his prime, and uh, and you're going to get him, and you're going to say, "What? What happened to the guy in Gonzaga?" Right. Well, and do you put somebody like Mike Miller in that equation because he was supposedly yes. a big name trade acquisition for us, and he was a big name everywhere else he played. The problem with these Timberwolves acquisitions are not unlike Twins pitching acquisitions, which will be a laundry list when we get to them. Yep. We'll have to do it quickly because we got about 12 minutes. Oh, shoot. But, yeah, we tended to kind of recap the week all along. But uh, that's, yeah. that's how things go. We didn't even talk about going to Grand Marais or any of that stuff. Right. Well, that's because this is a sports show. But anyway, <laughs> when, you, when you look at these things, the problem with the Timberwolves acquisitions are 
they were big name second or third options on their offenses elsewhere. Yep. And then they were brought here to be the option. Stacy King. That's where I look at the Twins pitching and I say, well, you know, the Twins brought over all these twos, threes, and fours to be aces and it didn't work. So again, I look Imagine. at <laughs> I look at every Timberwolves veteran acquisition could qualify in this except for some of the present day ones. Yeah, no, I Jeff I agree. Teague would be on the list for me again. Jeff Teague would be a would be a really good one. You know, also um how about Chuck Person, the rifleman? When yeah. he, when he came here He and Michael Williams together. Yeah, when he came, he was gonna be the guy that taught us how to shoot threes and instead at that well, point. Well he taught his us career, how to shoot them, he just he, didn't reference that you had to make them. Right. So I mean I think the Timberwolves have the best selection of Guys that we were super excited about at one point, and then they came here and it was like, okay. Because there's probably no wrong answer. Yeah, <laughs> you'd, you'd, that's true. <laughs> you'd hear a veteran name and you're like, oh, he established himself in market X. He'll be great here. Yeah. Not really. I mean, Brandon Roy is obviously the ringleader. He was tremendous for the Blazers. Yeah. He was here for five games. Yep. Yep. That wasn't age. That wasn't prime. That was injury. We took a chance. It blew up. Yeah, when his when his back looked like he had scoliosis, but he didn't. Well, and his knees and ankles weren't far behind. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's talk about broken. Right. He was that guy. He he was, and you know the the other guy that I had written down was Thurl Bailey. Yeah, you know, way back, uh, Thurl Bailey was supposed to be again, like you said, with Terry Porter. He was brought in to be a veteran presence who could settle things down and score a little bit. And he was around for a while, but he never really took that spot. Well, I think the first version of like a junior varsity big three and heavy on the junior varsity piece early Timberwolves was supposed to be Campbell Corbin and Bailey and they got like one and a half of that Tony Campbell was good Corbin was good sometimes yep Thurl Bailey was a role player yeah that's that's true but let's bounce to the twins because you said we only all right you want to go there about five minutes I wasn't ago. sure when you let off with Chris Carter if it was going to morph into Viking stock you want to go twins next go ahead yep pick a pitcher from the last four years well can can I pick Pick a pitcher that would have changed the franchise. Sure, Steve Carlton. We got the ghost of Steve Carlton, yeah. but hey, he got one win. Nobody, nobody. He I got mean, one win as a twin. Is he the most underrated Hall of Fame pitcher ever? Like when people say superstar Hall of Fame pitchers, Carlton doesn't come up. Carlton's the guy that won thirty-two games for a team that won seventy games. I don't know if I'll go underrated as much as I'll go. He's the Hall of Fame pitcher that I love that Minnesota tries to link themselves to. <laughs> Because when somebody gets inducted into the Hall of Fame, former twin, former twin, former twin. I know it was kind of funny with the Ortiz bit when he went in because he went in with Tony and with Jim Cott. But when Steve Carlton went in and we said former twin, yeah, okay. What hat's he going to wear? Yeah, right. <laughs> are, are we getting considered? I mean, we, we clung to Tommy as well. Yes. That, that was fine. But but Steve Carlton had one win in the world championship year. That's the hilarious part. Yeah, 100%. But I thought he was he was one of the first guys. How about last year's catcher? How about Gary Sanchez? Gary Sanchez from five years ago would have made that Twins team. Now he would have been, you know, a, a backstop rather than a catcher. But the guy who could hit like he could before we got him, that guy we could have used. I agree with you. Here's the weird part of that brought up name because that trade came to my mind just the other night because the last pitcher for the Yankees in that blowout was Kiner Falefa. They brought in a position player to pitch. <laughs> and I jokingly texted a friend former twin, not unlike Steve Carlton, although Kiner Falefa never actually played a game for us. Right. And they you said, yeah, measure his time in hours. And they said, yeah, exactly. And they said, yeah, not really. And I said, I know, I just like to bring it up. But you look at that trade and it was Kiner Falefa and Donaldson for Gio and Sanchez. And you're sitting there initially, we're going, well, we won this trade. Donaldson's a headache and Kiner Falefa isn't really doing anything. Who won now? Because we got rid of Gio after a year. 
Gary Sanchez is still making his way back to the bigs in the Giants organization. We just shrug our shoulders on that one. I mean, I don't want Donaldson. We don't right. need Kiner Falefa. But what did we get out of that? A, a trade that worked for both teams. If you and I, but are for sitting, us, it was addition by subtraction. If you and yes, if you and I are sitting in New York, this whole conversation starts with Josh Donaldson. Yeah, absolutely. Like starts. That's we'll see if he's back in their lineup today. He's recovering from an injury. Imagine, but twins wise, Josh, Josh twi- Donaldson. Twins wise, it is kicking the tires on just about every pitcher known to man. Yeah, I mean, it's. Just recently, it's, it's Rich Hill, it's Shoemaker, it's Archer, it's Rich Hill, it's Homer Bailey. I went into guys that were good, bona fide starters who were in their bullpen in some of the guardy playoff years. I mean, I listed Mike Morgan, Greg Swindell, guys that you forget played for the Twins. R.A. Dickey. Jesse Orozco finally came here, was supposed to a long time ago. That's right. He, he was one of those guys you thought would be right. a twin. These were all names that were rock solid, but what the heck did they do here? J.J. Hardy would be a great one for me yeah. because everywhere else he played, he was a stud. Here, he was an injury waiting to happen, and they got rid of him. And remember, he and Mauer were tight, so you right. thought that one was going to last for a while. Can we count Craig Monroe just because when he played everywhere else, he killed us? He was on my list. And yes, then they brought him here, and we went, oh, we got the real Craig Monroe, not that I get to play the Twins every day, Craig I, Monroe. I think the Vikings are also interesting because, like I said, you started with that, and so this is kind of the Pat Pete example. right? Yeah. We, got, we got somebody who was still good. But not the first ballot Hall of Famer that he was. Well, and this is where I struggled with that because I'm glad you said still good because Mike Zimmer liked to do that with a lot of guys. I mean, you look at Terrence Newman played here forever, pushing 40 years old, playing in the secondary. And you could say, I'd much rather have prime Terrence Newman. But Mike Zimmer got a lot out of old guys. He did. I'm not sure that this new regime can or does or that previous regimes did either. So here's one that's hard. And it's, it's a guy you and I both like, but I'm not sure we didn't get the best version of him, and that's Jeff George. Because Jeff, oh, we totally got the best version. But Jeff George, if he's here sooner, like he's the guy. Right. But I don't know if mentally he'd have been the guy. But again, I look at too late as not being good, and I look at Jeff George here as being the most talented he was throughout his career. Well, no, he wasn't the most talented. He was the most bet ready between but the years. But it fit the best. Yeah. His, his production was the best. Talent is one thing. Production is another. That sounds like a quote that you he, can put on a but meme. He, but he got he got passed over his career because he was a tool. I agree. Right? But you're not going to put Jeff George ahead of Warren Moon. The likes of yeah, Warren Moon is actually a great one. Played outstanding in Houston. Had a good year after us in Seattle. His numbers here were good. The Warren Moon you thought you were getting was not the Warren Moon you got. <laughs> That's how bad our quarterbacking was before him. Plus. <laughs> They had a bad relationship with the Kansas City Chiefs, because I'm going to give you two that were dynamite in Chiefs uniforms and terrible here. I'm going to start with Derek Alexander, not the one you drafted in front of Warren Sapp, the wide receiver that was all that in a bag of chips. We only got the bag of chips. Yeah, we didn't get all truly. anything. And then <laughs> and we just da- literally got the right. Thing. And then Dale Carter, yeah. the half brother of Jake Reed that was yep. an exceptional member of a secondary, not ours. Chris Dishman was that for me as well. Absolutely. There's a guy who, when we got him, we said, oh, finally, somebody settled this down. What a great name who's so established. Whoops. Yeah, exactly. The, the, so the Vikes, but you're right. The Vikes have taken veterans like Jerry Ball or or even Pat Williams and turned them into serviceable players. They you, haven't really gotten anybody right. and they've stunk. Did you get Yannick Ngakwe too late? Because I know he was only here for half a season and I know he's still playing, but you thought you had a heck of a pass rusher and you got an okay player. Yeah, but that's all he was was a pass rusher. Um, who was the guy that played opposite uh, Jared Allen and made all the money? Johnson. Ray Edwards. Yes, Ray Edwards, a pass rusher. 
you know, great. You put him in any word of any other responsibilities, you know, he's problematic. Have you noticed that a lot of this is defensive liabilities? Because you could make a litany of old men linebackers, some that did well and some that didn't. Jack Del Rio, we got late. Greg Beekert, we got late. They were okay. But you look at the guys like Chris Claiborne, who, man, he was a menace in Detroit. I can't wait to have him here. I can think of him making one play here, and it was when the Vikings won the playoff game in Lambeau because he was in Favre's lap on the first third down of the game. How about the guy they got for... um the guy they got for Moss from the Raiders, the linebacker. Napoleon Harris. Yes, Napoleon Harris. He was all right when he started. The difference with Napoleon Harris, once again, if I get to quote Major League, it's most of these guys never had a prime. That's true of Napoleon Harris. But people thought a lot of it. He was first-round pick, the whole shooting match. Can I continue the bad relationship Please with the do. Kansas City Chiefs? Yes. I'm curious if Barry Word qualifies. Uh, you because know it was Actually, really something yes. as the other guy with Christian Okoye. And yeah, then we, we got, got that one. Here we go. We got our guy. And his quarterback was Jim McMahon. Is that on the list, too? Uh, oh, gosh. Jim McMahon's a good one, Brian, because, yeah, the thing about McMahon is he always felt like a product of the system. And when he got here, we, we found out that, that yes. And, and if you're going to do McMahon, you got to do McNabb, right? Yes. So Donovan McNabb, I can't believe I waited this long because I told you, when I told you this topic <laughs> on Monday or Tuesday, I said, well, the obvious choice is the slider down and away. That's not a pitch. That's McNabb throwing as a Viking. Yeah, that's when you see Anthony Richardson make plays that are really bad and right. people wince. That Donovan McNabb did that in the Vikings uniform. And the Vikings completely thought that this would work because they had such a track record of kind of retreading veteran quarterbacks and having it succeed. Yeah. Jeff George, Randall Cunningham, etc. And then Donovan McNabb was just going to be the next in line. And whoops-a-daisy, that, that certainly didn't work. No, it did not. Um, and, and did not spectacularly. That's the thing about that one. It just did not not feel right. It was like, oh, my God, we got to get this guy out of here. So once again, we're doing this topic, having some fun with tax day, because this is the only way I can have fun with tax day, because I promised paying my taxes was, let's just call it less than fun. But at least I didn't do it too late. So the topic today is Minnesota sports franchises acquired these veteran established players, regardless of age, too late. Can I pick one this year for the Wild? Absolutely. Uh, how about Klingberg, the uh, defenseman who three years ago was, you know, uh, a eight annual value contract guy, and now he is, you know, basically Dumba on a bad defensive day, right? And so three years ago, all of a sudden, he's our your number one defenseman, and today he's the guy that, boy, if he has a good offensive game, we have a chance because he can't play defense. Because he's going to make a terrible play yep. on the other side. Yep. That's a great start because I was just waiting for you to say Vanek because I know oh, that you've, list. I know you've mentioned so that a lot. But I And, and Heater's the better choice, Danny Heatley, because Vanek wasn't superstar Vanek, but you still got 20 goals from a bad Vanek. So I don't look at that as that was way too late. Right. I look at Heatley. I look at Marty Havlat and I go, okay, well, we, we sure tried. <laughs> yeah, but he's, he's an interesting one because he was just bad. Like, it's it's not, he was old, he'd lost some skill. How about the trade that ruined a good Minnesota yes. Wild team? Hansel had to make somebody's list, right? Yep. Martin Han- Hansel? Yeah, and White as well. Both yeah. of those guys. They were acquired together. Yeah, we did, we did this a lot with, uh, you know, past Gophers. That's yeah. the one thing that the Wild have done that bugs me a little bit. Our first guest is one of, is one of the Leo was... Leo was important, but Leo wasn't, you know, Leo wasn't the guy that I kind of thought he would be when he got here. As a Gopher fan, I think I overvalue them. Right. Well, and how about guys, and again, my mid to late 90s NHL knowledge when we didn't have a team was very much who was good in video games. So I'm going to give you that caveat right away. No, no. But I remember, especially when Quebec still had a team, 
having Owen Nolan was a big deal. That's By true, the time that Minnesota Wild one. got Owen Nolan, it wasn't really he was he was good. He had moments, but it wasn't that guy. Yeah, nope. That's a that's a very good one, actually. Um, and you know, we've had kind of relationships like that with goaltenders, right? We've brought in we've brought in the the goalie that everybody talks about. Ilya Brzgalov. Brzgalov and Theodore. Yep. All these guys that. I hope we don't add Flurry to that list because it's leaning that way. It It is. Last year, Flurry got us there, right? And now he fell apart in the playoffs. And I think that's going to be really interesting this year to see see what this is going to look like in the playoffs. But yeah, so that those kind of players are the ones that shoot. We got them just a smidge too late. Absolutely. I still think Christian Leitner is the most fun one because dang it, he was good in college and that was really it. We know listeners out there have choices. I've gotten text messages. All right, who we got? I prefer to get tweets. We got to go to break because it is 1030. We got to get to Justin May. So I'm going to invite people to continue to tweet choices for veteran players that were established that Minnesota pro sports franchises got too late. Doesn't mean they were too old, just past their prime. So tweet at us at NSPFan1065. But again, our utility guy is coming our way. Justin May, he's available at just about any time slot we put him in. He's very, very versatile because Dave Cook, we keep putting him in a different time slot. And other guests, that, right? other guests change their mind, and Justin May is Mr. Versatility. So we will play buy or sell with him. We'll do it in just moments. Bumping out with too late for love. We didn't love these guys because it was too late. Again, tweet at us with your choices. We are the Northland Sports Page. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. Stick around. We'll be right back. We are absolutely prepared for our rubber band man. The versatility of Justin May is next. We are the Northland Sports Page. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. We'll play buy or sell in just a moment. We appreciate all of the following sponsors buying into our show, Dave Cook. Absolutely. Let's start with Arola Architecture Studio, Hoops Brewing, OAR Holdings, Sammy's Pizza, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Avenue 45, The Blackwoods Group, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, The Incline Station, Famous Dave's, The Construct Tomorrow Event, the evening of the 26th uh, at 4.30, uh, let's see who else do we got here. We have Justin May at Messina Associates, who we're going to talk to in like seconds. But we want to highlight uh, Krause Heating and Cooling. Absolutely. I love when one sponsor gets one. us another. Right. Absolutely. Family owned since 1982. They've got heating and cooling options. They carry carrier. That's a hard sentence to say right there for me. The HVAC equipment, uh, they're the authorized dealer and carrier, is the brand you want. Absolutely. So speaking of the brand we want, we want Justin May's brand of radio stylings with us. And Mr. Mechanical wanted a mechanical sponsorship. Bill Krause rose to the occasion. Justin May, we start by thanking you for another sponsor adding to our family. Good morning, sir. Oh, no, thank you, guys. It's all because of what you do. Um, Obviously, Bill helps a lot of realtors and helps everybody around town. So it's not attached to me. It's attached to to Brian and David and, and everything you do with youth sports and the Krause family has been huge in youth sports in the area for a long, long time. And so they called and said, let's get on board with this. And I got them in touch with you guys and we're super happy to have them. Absolutely. We are and super happy for their services as well. I mentioned one of the first things I did as a homeowner, we had to replace our furnace and Bill Krause did a wonderful job for me. And then I joked that this week alone, in fact, I saw it take place in our house Early on, you needed the cooling, and as the week went on, you needed the heating. How much does this time of year affect home buyership, if you will, or home selling? Because the weather, again, as we talk about almost every week, is a coin flip right now. It's getting nicer, but not consistently. It's a great time of year, though. You know, I talked to my brother in Omaha this week, and he was giving me uh, a little bit of hay about he's it's 90 down there, and he's already running his air conditioner. But for us in the real estate market up here, 
it's a perfect time to see the flaws with what's really going on with the house and the mechanicals and the things that I think are important. You know, you can finally see the roof. You can finally see the driveway. You can finally see the basement. If it's going to leak, it's going to leak right now. So you're going to know what the issues are. There probably isn't a better time than right now to buy or to be shopping for a house. And then again in the late fall when the seasons start to change. It's It really shows the hard things to see. And that leads into, obviously, I'm a huge proponent of getting an inspection. And your uncle, mm-hmm. uncle Bill and your cousin Bob are not inspectors. Home inspectors are trained at what they do. They point out things that realtors don't know, that that dad who's a plumber doesn't know, just all the different things that you need to know when you're going to buy a home. Yeah, you know, one of the questions I had for you today, Justin, has a 100% to do with that. I mean, last night, Dana and I were digging a trench uh, to keep the neighbor's water out of our, out of our house. Uh, the other day, we had water coming uh, down through the roof. So I wanted to ask, as a realtor, um, when somebody's replacing a roof, there's all kinds of options. You know, there's clay tile, there's just regular shingles, there's steel roofs. What If somebody was getting ready to sell and they had to fix a roof, what would you suggest? Well, that's definitely an opinion question, and, and well, I am I definitely asked. not a roof, roofing expert. Obviously, your most economical and the biggest bang for your buck is probably going to be your asphalt shingles and looking at a really good asphalt shingle that has a warranty for a specific lifespan. But personally, around this area, I'm falling more in love with your steel roofs. I, You know, as much trouble as we had this winter with ice dams and even on brand new roofs and things that are perfect, I just think that when the sun hits a steel roof, the snow slides off and it it seems to work well for our environment. Again, just an opinion and and the way I feel about it. But any good roofing contractor around oh, yeah. town is going to set you in the right direction. And we have a lot of those. Maybe we need to find one. Maybe an we need to find another sponsor, yes. Brian. An I was going to say, the, the on-air production meeting is outstanding. Every single week, we appreciate it. <laughs> Justin, may you just mentioned a ton of options. How about as a sports fan? Because April, to me, gives you a lot of that because – I know you joke that your favorite heavy on the air quotes sports is the NBA, but they're in the playoff mode now and the Wolves are there. The Wild are in the playoffs as well. And you and I both know that watching the Twins beat the Yankees is something we could watch on loop. We just haven't had the opportunity in recent years. Hopefully this year is different. Super excited about our Twins. You know how much of a baseball fan I am. And I I had I sat up in my chair last night and screamed and my wife yelled at me and said, what is wrong down there? I said, we just beat the Yankees two games in a row. Unbelievable. So yeah, super excited for our twins. Uh, Love it for you basketball fans that your Timberwolves are are leaping into the playoffs and hopefully our wild can make a little run. You know, the sad part about this season, I don't get into the draft or anything like that with the NFL, but if, if there was something NFL, we'd almost be hitting the quadruple, right? I think that would be interesting. I get into the draft just enough. Dave Cook, the NFL draft is a religion. You said you don't get into it, and he backed away from his microphone a good six feet because that's his baby when it comes to sports in April. But let's play buy or sell. If you would have told me that I could get into the NFL draft, I would sell it, but I'm getting there little by little. But we know how buy or sell. I do. I just I watch enough to be interested. It's almost like I have a sports show and I have to talk about it. But we know how buy or sell works. If you like what I say about one of the four major sports leagues, you say buy, which means you agree, and you tell me why. If you disagree, you say sell, and you also tell me why. 
you have the responsibility of not only formulating your wonderful opinions, but giving me the order in which of the four major sports leagues that we play. So, Justin, may I pass it over to you? Let's kick off with the NFL so we can get the draft questions out of the way. It's like you knew because I did tease this last week and said I was going to go this direction. So I'm absolutely going to stay true to myself here. Now, last week, if you recall, Justin, I asked you if Kevin O'Connell being an offensive mind would draft a defensive player because that's where the Vikings have struggled the most. I'm not going to ask you that, but Quasey is known for trading. Almost got vilified for trading a year ago. Rick Spielman before him known for trading. So buy or sell that the Vikings stay put, picking 23rd in the first round of the draft. I don't know much about it. We've talked about this, and I don't follow it. But from what I do listen to and the talking heads all day long, I don't think there's any way that they stay where they're at. I can't give you a reason why. I don't know who they're going to get. But they just can't. They can't sit by their dish. They refuse to. So they're going to move somewhere. I agree with that. So he's selling that they stay put, and I completely agree. I'm going to sell too. I'm just going to go first because I interjected there. I'm a little bit like Justin. I'm not sure how high up you should move. I'm not even sure that they will move up because last year they moved down. Although when you're at 23, if you're moving down, how far down can you go? Are you not going to give yourself a first-round pick this year? That seems really silly. Do you go up? into the top 10 to try to get the right quarterback? Do you go into the mid-teens and get a second-tier quarterback? Are you even getting a quarterback? That seems to be what we're hearing. Either that or a wide receiver, or I pray that Joey Porter Jr. is available, but that's my piece. Go ahead. Oh, I've got that written down for later. Um, I think that there's no chance they're at 23. I think you move up for one or two players, which we'll talk about later. Um, and I don't think you can move up and they don't have enough ammo. Plus right. they, they need picks. So I think they draft, I think they trade down, maybe not because it's fun to do for them, but we have five picks. We have way more than five. I needs. agree with you, but you remember the mutiny that last year's moves made. Well, well, what's going to happen if they, the well, what's going to happen if they don't pick in the first round at all? Cause you can't move down very far from 23. Right. But if they pick up a second and a third and all of a sudden they've got higher end picks and many of them, I think people will be okay. I agree with you, but you think we're dealing with rational people when it comes to the Vikings at all, much less the draft. All the draft people are rational. Right. Okay. Me and Tom Ream, we can, we can visit about this stuff. Got any other tall tales this morning? <laughs> Buy or sell continues. Justin May, where to next? NBA, please. All right, the Minnesota Timberwolves, they have a puncher's chance, pun fully intended, in the playoffs as they take on Denver. But again, last week, the big story was, of course, the punch-out, Rudy Gobert attempting to do that to Kyle Anderson. And for me, it overshadowed a much bigger concern for the Timberwolves overall. Buy or sell, that Timberwolves fans should be more upset with Jaden McDaniels breaking his hand, punching a wall, than anything that happened with Anderson, Gobert, etc., I buy that 100%. I'm on board with your thinking. This goes back to one of the only intelligent things I've ever said about the NBA. This team doesn't need a coach. They need life coaches. They need to learn how to behave and get along together. I don't see them doing anything until they start acting like a team. And obviously, we just watched, they're not a team. They don't get along, and it is not going well in that locker room. See, now I agree with portions of that. I completely buy that Jaden McDaniels should dry much, draw much more ire than the Rudy Gobert-Kyle Anderson situation. However, and I tweeted as much, Dave Cook, you've said, minus Pat Bev, this team doesn't play with enough edge. I think this little scuffle might have given them just enough 
Justin might be right. They may not like each other much, but they've played a little more edgy in the two games since then. Maybe this is a situation that looks terrible and brings them closer. Now those championship Yankees teams in the late 70s, the the line was 25 players, 25 taxis. Right. Uh, because they didn't like each other at all. And absolutely, here's, we should be furious with Jane McDaniels. I said last I, week he's the X Factor, now he's just gone. I agree with him being the most impactful. That's not the question you asked. You asked if fans yeah, should yeah. be more infuriated. Yeah. And I think the public display. Now, Jay, if Jalen breaks his hand on the stanchion, I agree. But he was way behind the scenes. He's the most impactful. But I think the idiocracy that is throwing punches on your own bench visibly in front of the world is the one the fans should be most concerned because it shows what Justin talked about. McDaniels can just be an idiot. Like anybody can throw a punch out of frustration, but the fact that they didn't have the, the respect or the discipline not to do it in front of God and everybody, sure. that's the one fans However, should be mad at. isn't that a little bit of the pearl-clutching variety? Because Gobert and Anderson certainly showed it last night. They're still available to this team and making an impact. Jaden McDaniels, barring miraculous defensive play with a cast on, will not be part of the rest of the season. And that, to me, is more infuriating. Justin May, what's next? Um, NHL, let's save the best for last since we're playing so well. Absolutely. All right. In the NHL, last night it was finally decided the Minnesota Wild will take on Dallas in the first round of their NHL playoffs. Buy or sell that you're glad it's Dallas and not the Avs? Um, sell. I think the Dallas is playing better than the Avs were playing last year. I, I don't like this series. I wish that they had three more wins under their belt to get away from this team, but it should be great hockey. I mean, we're going to get a great first-round series. It's just going to be very tough for the Wild to get four games from, or three games from these guys. I, I sell um, because I think they match up better with Colorado. I don't yeah, think, you've, you've said that for months. I don't think the Wild fear Colorado. Okay. I think Dallas is in their head. And so I would rather them play Colorado and, and play solid rather than, you know, having Pavalski show the, the Crip Keeper come and score right. four goals because nobody's Or Ryan Suter him. discover a slap shot for the first time in his career. Yep, and that's, that's why the Dallas game scares me. It'll be interesting because I've waffled on this, so I'm going to try not to. I have to buy because I've expressed my fear of Colorado's talent for weeks. McKinnon is otherworldly. All the Rantanen kid did was set a single-season record for the Avs for goals. I know Landeskog is out, McCard's okay. but it's not as though they lack weapons. Precisely. <laughs> now, the goaltending for Dallas and for Colorado, I shrug my shoulders and go, you can probably beat him if you have the right opportunities. But then there's the historic angle of, the Wild have two memorable playoff series wins, for me, the most memorable in their franchise. All have been at the expense of Colorado. That would have been fun to do again. But it's certainly going to be fun to do. The Norm Green still sucks if they can pull this off. So I have to buy, but mainly because of things I've said weeks ago. Half their fans now don't know who Norm Green is. Well, and that's the thing. <laughs> exactly. I, think, I think we forget that this team's been in Dallas longer, I think, than they were in Minnesota by now. Yeah, probably so. All right, so Major League Baseball is last, Justin May. So this one's a little bit more drawn out. but So the Twins have been beating the Yankees recently, and we've been enjoying it at least for two days. Before that, we saw the fundamentally challenged Chicago White Sox come to town, and they defensively will hand you baseball games. They handed the Twins two. They tried to hand them three. Buy or sell that in a day where there's so much pitching that needs to be focused on, so much home run hitting that's focused on, buy or sell that defense – is underrated in baseball. 
Uh, I don't I, I think I sell that defense is underrated because you watch a player like Correa, you watch this, um, I can't remember his name, the kid that's been our utility kid that's playing all over now is kind of filled every hole that, that has to. And they're that playing Solano? great defensive baseball. Yeah. So it, it it's still there. I don't think it's highlighted like it used to be. And then when you watch the Red Sox or the White Sox, it definitely isn't because they are awful in the field. But yeah, I'd have to sell that it's that it's not an important part of the game. Yeah, I think it's interesting because it's a little bit like offensive linemen. You only focus on it when they really, really stink. Because again, the White Sox, they just don't make routine plays and they lose games because of it. Now, I do think with a variation of the shift, because let's not pretend that the shift is banned. All it has to do is be on the right side of second base. You can still certainly shift somebody to pull or shift somebody to basically be right on top of the bag. So the shift isn't completely gone, but you're seeing more athleticism from infielders alike. So I think it's becoming more important, but I don't know if I can call it underrated. I, th- I think that it, the twins are proving that it's not as underrated as it used to be because of Michael Taylor in center field uh, and then uh, Gallo on the team. Like Gallo has some offensive punch, but the reason you can play him right. is because he's a very good defensive And the player. reason you give a guy a good contract that hits a buck 99. Michael Taylor has shown that, you know, he's had some good offense, you know, recently, but Michael Taylor is a defensive center fielder who gets on base every so often. He's been better than that, but you don't give that kind of guy uh, money and time because with Bucks and they're giving him a lot of time if he can't play D. Absolutely. All I know is when they were five and two a week ago, I said, well, they won't sustain a clip like this. Well, guess what? A week later, they went five and two again. They are 10 and four. (laughs) So I'm buying the twins for now. Justin May, if folks want to buy or sell real estate wise with you, how can they do that? Give me a call at 218-310-9559. Log on to MZR.com anytime. One more thing on this defensive battle, though. How do, how can we say it's important when we put our best defensive player in the DH spot? That well, just baffles. Because if we had him play in the field, he'd be out for four months again. That's the easy way to prioritize it. He's made of glass. Yeah, we have well, to accept it. I don't accept it. Put the kid in the field, make him play the ball. All right. Byron Buxton, if you're listening, you heard that here first. Justin May, I appreciate your versatility Thanks, as Justin. always. And I will see you later today. Good luck in the cribbage tournament at Hoops. Have a great day, guys. Thank you all for your time. You as well. That's our guy, our realtor at Messina & Associates, Mr. Justin May. When we come back, we love to talk about we knew them when, a St. Scholastica and two Harbors grad on his way to the bigs, perhaps. Stay around. We'll be right back. Believe it or not, that tune is called the Walmart remix of Yodeling, and we are very familiar with it. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook, Northland Sports Page. Little Saints Scholastica baseball yep. infield practice history there. 100%. Yeah, I remember the first time I heard that. I'm like, what are they playing? I know. The first time I heard it, I said, what in the world is this? And by the third or fourth time, I had it on my playlist at home. <laughs> it's an earworm that I'm completely guilty of. But the we best love- Scholastica thing they did, though, was hot and cold when they had the Katy Perry bit and they were all doing the actions in the dugout. Loved it. Always a good one. Lots of good memories for both of us with Saints Scholastica baseball. Perhaps none more than becoming familiar with... Another Will Peterson, because we've talked to a couple on this show. One is a big hockey guy. We're about to confront the big baseball guy and, again, say we knew him when. Yeah, Will, Will he played hockey, too. We talked all kinds of times about guys who guys who played high school hockey when. You know, Willie Pete's one of those guys, but he's one of those guys that is taking his love for baseball to an entirely different level. Absolutely. Knows the game very, very well. I'm proud to say that I did play-by-play with him as my analyst before, but he is not in the broadcast booth these days. 
He is on the fast track, hopefully to the big leagues as part of a Cardinal coaching staff. And with that, we bring in Will Peterson. Will, it's always good to talk to you. Good morning, sir. Yeah, good morning, guys. Uh, Appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. So take us through the journey. Two Harbors alum for high school, St. Scholastica Saint, of course. And then where are you now? I know you worked with the Duluth Huskies, but you are with the Cardinal organization. Big role at a big level. Go ahead and tell the world what you're up to right now. Yeah, so uh, just uh, like you said, with the Cardinals down in their AAA level uh, with the Memphis Redbirds, and um, really the role is like a fourth coach, so just kind of do whatever whatever is needed from the rest of the staff and the and the players, and uh, yeah, you know, do a little bit of everything. Uh, try to try to have my hand in uh, all sorts of things, you know, just kind of keeping it keeping it fresh every day. Um, you know, we just got back from spring training a few weeks ago. The season started, and um, we're down here in uh, Gwinnett, Georgia, playing the uh, Braves AAA. So it's been a it's been, been a good start, uh, playing playing pretty good baseball. But yeah, it's uh, it's a heck of an experience. It's a you know it's similar schedule you know to the time in the Northwoods League and whatnot. But it's it's a uh, it's a really cool thing. It's uh, it's been a lot of fun so far, and looking forward to next five or six months absolutely it is super cool now we talk about when players get the call in that moment of you're going to the show or you're getting this promotion this promotion you know leagues up double a triple a what have you take us through when you got the call that oh my goodness i'm going from the duluth huskies all of a sudden to triple a take us through that conversation and what was the pinch me moment for you honestly i think the pinch me moment happened like a couple weeks later like you know like it was like, is this really happening? Um, but actually, it happened on my birthday, so that was kind of cool. Got the call the morning of morning of uh, my birthday, so I was like, this can't be real, you know. Um, but no, it was cool. I got you know got the call, and they just said they wanted me to come on board and um, you know get get my start in the Cardinals organization. So I really can't think of a really much of a better better place to start. Uh, I know it's Dave's favorite. Yeah, team, I was gonna so say. I was like, I, I don't know if I can, you know turn that down just for the sake of Dave. So. I think you told me that. I think I think I thought Willie's whole point here was going to be I remember leaning over Dave in a hockey game and saying, "I'm going to go coach the Cardinals." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" And then there's a big Willie Pete grin and he sat down. Yeah. I know it was the one thing that when Will told me, he said, "I got to apologize, but I told Dave first, and then when I discovered why, it all made sense." <laughs> now, Will, you've been big into the analytics part of the game. Talk to us about how that gets applied and your investment in it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, uh, I mean, me personally, I've always liked the numbers, like the analytics, but I think, uh, I think just knowing, you know, kind of when and when and where to to place them, you know, I think, you know, as you guys certainly know, there's still a game aspect to any game, right? Hockey, basketball, baseball, football, like it, there's still a game to be played. So I think, you know, knowing just when and when and where to apply those and how much to do it and um, I think that matters a lot, you know. Absolutely does. Again, we're chatting with Will Peterson, who came into my life with the Saints Classic Saints. He also was part of the Duluth Huskies organization, and now he's at the AAA level in Memphis as part of the Cardinals organization. Will, I keep talking about, you know, when players get this promotion and that promotion, all the excitement, but I want to, again, bring it up for you. Obviously, you've got a lot of Northland roots. Have you had family down to, to watch you coach and be part of this experience with you? Yeah, um, I... The first weekend uh, we opened in Charlotte. My mom and my sister uh, flew down um, to come see that. So that was a really cool moment. 
Um, and then they were, they were back. My whole family was down, um, in Memphis for the, for Easter weekend. So that was, that was pretty nice. And I know, um, the rest of my family has some other trips planned to, uh, come to Memphis or come to some other cities. So, um, it's been cool to share, you know, share that experience with everyone else too. Cause, um, you know, you talk about my experience with Scholastica and my experience with, with the Huskies, but you know, my baseball in Duluth started back in the Lake Park days. You know, I, I was lucky enough to have a family to support me that brought me to Lake Park to play. Um, and that's where I feel like I learned a lot of, for the love of love of baseball, playing there, playing at a high level, you know, at that age or higher level at that age. So, you know, it started even earlier in Duluth for me and um, it, you know, really couldn't have happened, you know, without other people, right. Cause 10 year old can't drive to Duluth to go play baseball. So, um, yeah, it's really it's really cool to have people come out. You know, it's like taking flights just to come watch me coach a game is pretty cool. Yeah, no, that's outstanding. Uh, well, um, Brian and I've been fortunate enough to uh, know a couple people that are that are moving along, and one of the things that we've seen in common with people that seem to make it in baseball, or at least move, like I said, move along higher and higher, is the ability to visit with anybody about whatever when it comes to ball, whether it be a scout or a broadcaster or whomever. If somebody was, uh, you know, we've got kids listening right now and they're like, oh my gosh, you know, Willie got the call to come to spring training. I'd like for that to happen someday. What kind of, what kind of advice would you give somebody? I mean, you're, you're fresh there, so you probably see it better than most. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing for me, and I mean, you guys probably know this well about me, is like just taking any opportunity, right? Like it, no, no opportunity is too small. Like that was the big thing for me is like, just trying to find connections that, you know, help. I don't even want to say like move forward. Right. But just connections that keep your dream alive and give you opportunities to do things you like to do. Um, I mean, that was the big thing for me is getting kind of getting my foot in the door and then just trying to listen. I know that can, you know, be a challenge sometimes and not talk all the time, but yeah, just really, really finding every opportunity available to you to do what you want to do. I agree with that. Notice he told the two radio guys it can be tough to listen and not talk all the time. Two, two guys that get paid to talk way well, too and, much. And two of his buddies that have been in those conversations. And have talked with him more than a time or yeah, two. It's yeah. great to talk to Will Peterson again. Now, Will, obviously the AAA level and minor leagues in general are a little bit different because everybody's competitive and they want to succeed and, and you know have the best team they possibly can. But obviously at the minor league level, the minute you see somebody getting really, really good, you assume you're going to lose them because they're going to get that call up. But what are some of the conversations that you have with players to best prepare them for hopefully that step? Yeah, you know, it, it's still relatively new to me, you know, right? It, it's uh, kind of just observing, you know, really how the other other guys do it who have been here a lot longer than I have. So um, probably don't have the best answer for you that on, on that one, but I think, you know, just uh, the guys the guys here, you know, at this level are pretty professional by by this time in their career. So I think, uh, you know, a lot of them are, are just doing what they need to do day in and day out. So hopefully they get that call and they already know what to do. I think that's great to be a sponge and absorb everything. Speaking of absorbing everything, I have to ask you a bit of a fanboy question because you did say, right. you know, I just got back from spring training. That would be the toughest part for me to remember that I'm on staff. I'm a professional here because if I see Nolan Arenado and Goldie and those guys that are, you know, Cardinal Staples, Yachty, of course, I'm starstruck. 
How did you rein that in and just be a baseball guy rather than, oh my goodness, I'm, you know, hanging out on ball fields with these guys? Yeah, you know, well, it helped that I, you know, was in minor league camp. So you didn't, you didn't see a lot of those guys all the time. But, uh, no, it, it kind of it was weird, you know. I thought it'd be a little more like that. But I don't know. For me, it just felt like, you know, this is, it's work now, right? It's, it's, we're all here to accomplish the same goal. And hopefully that's to win Dave another championship ring. So there it is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was cool. And, um, I mean, it's, it's cool to see those guys or, you know, when you listen and just hear them talk, they're really just another, not, not just another guy, but you know what I mean? They're just, they're just people too. So it's, it's really cool. Um, just to get the insight, you know, into their side of baseball. Absolutely. I think that's very sweet that Will brought that up, that he wants to win you another championship ring because you're sure not going to get it in college hockey. Go ahead. Oh, oh my gosh. Ooh, ooh, that was a low blow. That was a low blow. I'm good blow. for at least one of those. You oh, know that, Will. Hey, Will, one of the things I don't think people know is you, is you actually took a break from baseball proper and worked at driveline a little bit. And uh, I'm wondering what kind of things you brought from that different point of view back into the day-in, day-out grind of the game. Yeah, I you know, I think that was that was kind of a different experience. It's like taking more of that individualized approach. Um, but I think it just kind of turned your perspective on like, you know, how you know, how many just turning turning the perspective on like, okay, what, what do we need versus okay, can I can I chop it down to see kind of what each guy needs right now? You know, base baseball's a team sport obviously, but there gets to be times where you know, it's pretty individualized, right? Like it's it's very on your own island sometimes. So no just learn, learning how to kind of teach guys one-on-one was pretty big as well in that experience. Well, I think that's great that you are teaching people, especially great that you're doing it at such a high level. It's always good to talk baseball with you. It's even better just to catch up on life. I've never had a conversation with you I didn't like. This actually might have been one of the shorter ones, but we appreciate the time today. Let's talk again, and I hope Dave and I can find our way to Memphis and see you in action as well. Absolutely. You know, Willie and I didn't get a chance to talk NFL draft at all in this meeting. And I didn't get a chance to give him NBA playoff talk either. That just means you got to come back at some point. Will, thank you for never forgetting us. I hope that continues. Let's talk again soon. All right. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good rest of your show. You as well. Absolutely. That's our guy, Will Peterson. That is always a blast of a conversation. You know, Will was probably one of the first people that was a listener way before he was a guest. Absolutely. That means he provided criticisms as well. Oh, yes, I wonder he what he thought of his own segment today. We loved it. We loved the first hour. That is wrapped up. Hour two is next. Dave Hoops is next. Stick around. We'll be right back.